Vet Alumni Podcast with Tech and Prem. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? <laughs> it's, that, was a, that was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh-oh. Richard. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Nick. Wow, dude. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. I'm going to, okay? <laughs> I could, oh, okay. That was the greatest night in the history of television. Okay. Van oh. Alumni Podcast. I'm Tech. He's Prem. Music producer just talking Philly sports. Oh boy. And we start with the slap heard around the world. Absolutely was. Will Smith, he slapped Chris Rock at the Oscars Sunday night. It pretty much overshadowed everything else happening in the world. An unbelievable moment, Prem. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, for the people that initially thought that was staged, they have obviously a, a underdeveloped ability to like read a situation. No, that... It may have seemed staged in the moment when he slapped them. Clearly but not. The aftermath. Yeah, clearly real. No, clearly you got real. Denzel Washington basically consoling you and you're wiping tears from your eyes at a commercial break. That was like a bubbling up of a lot of things that Will Smith has been dealing with coming <laughs> to the surface. Yes. And I wouldn't even be surprised if Will Smith and Chris Rock, because they've been both been in Hollywood for so long, maybe they have some tension history together. You never know. It, well... Yeah, that could be, you never know. by the way. Yeah, I mean, they've known each other for a long time, I'm sure. Yeah, Chris Rock made some jokes about Jada in 2016. Yeah. And they yeah. might have resurfaced. I don't know. It's stuff, you're right. Things have been bubbling with Will. I understand why he did it, right? But it was a terrible look, and it ruined the greatest night of his life. Like, yeah. his, his greatest achievement. He's waited his whole life for this night to, to reach this milestone and 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 he does this. And I, I said one thing. Though. <laughs> I, I said the reason why it's kind of okay is because Will Smith did play Ali. Well, right. I get that. You know. And Chris Rock played Pookie. You know. Yeah. So, CB4 as well. Yeah. And CB4. <laughs> yeah. Look, nobody <laughs> will remember that Will actually won his first Oscar. It's crazy. You're right. They're gonna remember the slap. You're right. <laughs> that's the that's the craziest thing. You're absolutely correct. I can't even believe it. That was wild. All right, let's get to the Sixers. It's what we do. Uh, they went two and one on the West Coast trip. The Phoenix loss. Granted, the best team in basketball. Yeah, it was. Right? It was a pretty tight game for three quarters. Well, for the first half, they lost the game in the third quarter. If that from from how I yeah, saw, yeah, they, they did, but it was still kind of tight going into the fourth. I get it. They were technically in it, but you could see that it yeah. was going south. Now, that game against the Bucks last night, you know, when you have a call overturned on your home floor. Oh, my God. Now, here's God. the thing. When the ball's at its highest point, it has to be blocked by the time it gets to its highest point. Right. Because if it is decelerated or dropped even an inch. Well, it was a clean block. He, it was It was right at the apex of the shot. It, it was. was. At, it was at the break point of goaltend or block. I know that was a clean block because I've seen MB do it a hundred times. That same yeah, block. Yeah, wow. That's, that's an amazing... See, here's one thing I will say that I take away from that game that's a positive, and I said this to you 
off the uh, the studio time. Yep. Um, you're taking a team that currently has the ring mm-hmm. down to the wire. I get that. And all these games between the quote so-called elite teams in the East, which are just above-average basketball teams, the Heat, the Celtics, the Sixers, and the Bucks. In the playoffs, all those games are probably, those series are probably all going to go to six or seven series. I get it. Six or seven games, rather. The thing that's frustrating about the Sixers team, they came into the fourth quarter up 10, up 8. You know, they were up. Yeah. and They've blown more leads than any team in basketball. Before you can get up, go to the bathroom, get some Doritos, and sit back on the couch, it's a two-point game. A right. two-point game like correct. that, just yeah. gone. You're right. I mean, they blow more leads. I saw a stat No one this can week. blow a lead like the Sixers. They've blown more 15-point leads this season than any team in basketball. I think it's uh, six. Wow. Six games they were leading by 15. They lost. No team in the NBA, even the bad teams. Right. Have well, the bad teams aren't winning by fifteen though. So let's let's. Well, you know, this is a good team stat, but it's it's <laughs> not a, it's not a good good team stat if that makes sense. No, you know, so that's something that in the postseason, teams make runs in basketball. Basketball, you've heard it a million times. I it's know, a game of runs. Yes, the good teams are always going to make runs. The Bucks are going to have an eleven-two run against every team they play at one point in the game. The Sixers are also going to have an eleven-two run at one point Something against like every that. team they play. Uh, it's going to happen every night. Okay, for the most at one point or another, you can chart out these runs. And uh, the question is, in a seven-game series in the second round, can we are go the down Sixers going to gonna actually get past their? Basically, this is like their uh, their demon is the second round. And guess what? You know, yeah. Look, <laughs> the Sixers will give the city some life during the playoffs. It's always good to have a team in the midst of an active playoff series. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And we'll have that. We we will have. Yeah, that. it's going to be fun. I mean, you're gonna but, you're potentially looking at a first round exit though if you draw Brooklyn. Right, which they're not going to draw Brooklyn. Hopefully, so. I could see this team, you know, my heart says that this journey ends at the Eastern Conference Finals, but my head says they're not going to make it out of the second round again. With this East, this Eastern Conference this season, I don't know that they make it out of the second round again. Well, you could be right. I mean, the question really is going to come down to if they get if they get the one seed and they're hosting the Nets, I like the chances against the Nets with the home court, but at the same time, you're talking about Durant, Kyrie, and and I mean they Seth, don't Seth see Curry Brooklyn. back yeah. on the floor. They do, they do not want to see Brooklyn. I could see that being a first round exit. Now, if you get the two seed, which they currently sit in, then you're looking at Cleveland, which obviously I think you'd be Cleveland in five or six games. Yes, uh, six games. If you end up with, with a three seed, team, yeah. three seed, you got as of right now, you got Toronto. And Tough. The, and the bottom, the bottom of the seating right now, like five through eight, these teams are pretty cemented in their place except for five through seven bulls raptors Cavs, all separated by a game and a half right now right the shuffle is going to continue it's going to for another week yeah ex- at least well what we have 10 days left in a season ish something like that where they got eight games left okay or? so yeah. yeah over these next eight games what you look at when you look at the seating right now is going to be probably nothing like it it might be i mean the hornets could catch the nets they're only a half game back of brooklyn and then you have the hawks only a game back of brooklyn for that eight spot Brooklyn could yeah. have a little weird stretch here and actually not even make the playoffs. That's crazy. I don't believe that. It's I don't possible, believe though. that will happen. I mean, statistically, it's possible, although you're probably right. Right now, it's a 10-team race in the East. Well, yeah. don't 10 teams get in the way they redid it? Or is it 9? I think it's 9 to do the play-in, don't they? Right, so the top 10 are playing post-se- quote, postseason ball, essentially. Essentially. 
It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Everyone's expanding their playoff system. Right. Because it's about money. With the Sixers, I don't think they're good enough, Prem. That's just what it comes down to. I don't think they are good enough. We all thought with James Harden, we were getting a guy that was still, you know, a top 10 level player. Yeah. And right now, I don't even know that he's top 15. In but the, the bottom line is what you got him for, it's well worth it, no question. Now, he, he had a bounce back. I knew he would have a bounce back game against Milwaukee at home after a West Coast trip that might have been okay for the team, but not so great for him. Yeah. I mean, I knew he would bounce back. James had a solid night. I mean, 40% from three point land. 32 points, uh, over 50% from the field, nine dishes, yep. only three fouls. I mean, the guy had a solid game. Tobias Harris had a very, quietly had a very nice game as well. I mean, with, uh, he did. 22, 11, and six, uh, and a key steal at the end to keep us in the game. He gets on my nerves too, Tobias. But yeah, I know he, he does. Did, well, he, Danny Green gets on my nerves, but yeah, I know. he did actually go 60% from three point land last well, night. Well, that's good. Yeah, he's been heating up lately. Uh, Jokic is now the leading. MVP candidate. You think so? Yeah. Well, it's it's that's what's going on. The ESPN poll. It's becoming more and more clear. Well, the ESPN poll, though, we know that generally. Well, this speaking, is. I guess this is the the votes. The nationally, they, though, but nationally, people just don't like Philadelphia. So yeah, I I think that that's he, not too objective. We're, we're headed towards Jokic winning the MVP, his second consecutive MVP. You could be right. I mean, you know, it's possible. Well, I, I, I think it's clear that Embiid's going to get robbed. That's. I think that's. That's going to happen at this point. Yeah, yeah, well, you know. When it's all said and done. They're a playoff I th- team. They're I a play- think it's disgraceful. Jokic is on a playoff team in a tougher conference, um, but they're nothing spectacular. No, they're not. I don't yeah. even understand. It's just an average Western basketball team to me. <laughs> and Jokic, you know, listen, I think he's a tremendous player. And he might even do some things better than Embiid. Right. But you know, what Embiid has done this year, uh, every game, it's like it's like uh, Iverson. The year he won the MVP, that's what Embiid has been doing all year. It should be clear cut, and it isn't. And he's going to end up getting robbed, and that's a disgrace. You could be right. It's a disgrace. Uh, all right, the Phillies, Prem. We're just a little over a week away from opening day. Uh, by the way, next show, next week's show will be our Philly season preview. With Matt Gelb from the Athletic, so we'll yeah, get. We're excited about having. We're Matt excited back on. about that. He did we'll our get, season preview last year. Yes, and we'll get some great insight from him. He's one of the best in the business. He'll let us know what's to come this season. I mentioned it last week. I'm very concerned about Aaron Nola Prem. I'm very, very concerned. He's still getting destroyed out there, giving up home runs, and I, you continue to say it, but I, I think we should stop saying, "Well, it's only spring training." This guy has taken major steps backwards since 2018. Yeah, I mean, Nola's not an ace like we thought he would. That that uh, that argument can't even really even be made anymore. But I think he's still, an overall, ace. comparatively I, to other starting pitchers in major leagues, he's still above the average line. I think he could end up being the worst starter in our rotation. Highly unlikely. Really? I think he's going to have a better year than Kyle Gibson, for sure. Um, and, and Eflin, I don't know that that's well, here's the sure. thing. And Eflin, we don't know. Hopefully, he stays healthy, but he has yet to show that he can go back to his 2018 form, which well, was probably true. his best year, 2018, yeah. with the complete games and just having a killer August that year, I believe. 
Uh, um, hopefully he will. So, but with Nola, he's still no matter how you shake it. I know we're disappointed that he didn't become what a lot of us thought he would, and invested belief that he would become. But the guy is still, by a lot of metrics, just an above average major league pitcher. Above average. That's I, you know. I, hey, but well, you know what? I when you, you have an offense like we have, if you have five above average pitchers or four above average pitchers and one ace, you're going to the playoffs and you're making noise. It's just true. With the way right. this offense is retooled, the pitching just has to be average, Tech. The starting pitching has to be a tick better than average. But the pen, as long as the pen is average, with these bats in this lineup and the way I feel like these guys are really going to have like a synergy and feed off of each other. It, it, it feels like they could. They're going to have that energy, I think. You got a lot of really good personalities in the locker room now to go with Bryce. Yeah. Schwarber's like a, uh, he's an outgoing locker room type of guy. You know, the guy, I think they're going to gel in a way that you can't really plan for that type of thing. It just kind of happens intangibly, and you see it when you go to the games, and you see yeah. it when you watch the games. I feel like this lineup is going to have that. So the pitching doesn't even have to be lights out. You just have to win these games. You just have to be good you enough. You have to win these games 9-6. You have to yeah, win these games 8-5. I actually do think that that lineup, the guys are going to have synergy. They're going to have that vibe. Because yeah. you pick the right guys. Schwarber and Castellanos yeah. are winners. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, I, I know everybody wanted Chris Bryant, but look what he did. Chris Bryant went to the Rockies. He took the money. I'd rather Castellanos than Bryant. Right. Chris honestly. Bryant clearly is all about the money. He's not interested in winning. No, Castellanos is like a blue collar guy. Yeah, Castellanos. Like you got guy. Castellanos and Schwarber for the price of Chris Bryant. Which is just crazy to me. <laughs> Because they want to, they're more interested in winning. Exactly, exactly. Now think about this with this Philly squad. If you just get slightly above expectations, slightly. from guys like Bohm, guys like uh, Veerling, and I even, don't even know that it's a lock that that Bohm is uh, on the roster. Right, because Bryson Stott's been tearing it up in spring, and I would yes. like to see a kid like that have a chance because that synergy we're talking about with young guys that have a lot of potential, yeah, that will help them reach that potential faster. I agree. Because of the energy around them that's and learning good, from these guys. That's what good guys. teams do. Yeah, it is. It is. And <laughs> all this team is, in terms of in terms of being far from a World Series, they're only as far from a World Series as some of these younger guys overachieving are. Like yeah. meaning, like if these some of these younger guys overachieve a bit and really come come strong, come on strong. That's what needs to happen. Then it's going to make this go take this this offense from really really good to an elite offense, which. That's what we all want to see. That's what we need. Yes, you got the MVP, for Christ's sake. You need the other guys. He shouldered way too much last year. You need your MVP to be fresh and have support in front of him. And behind. Absolutely. And, and now that's that's what it looks like it's going to be. We'll see how our guy Frank Close from 97.3 ESPN South Jersey feels about it when we hit the vet line with him. But yeah. first, brought to you by ProLine Music, everything for the musician. It's time for Vet Fact. This is a Vet Fact. Well, last week, Tech, we talked about some of the most exciting ways games can end. And obviously, we were talking about walk-off home runs, walk-off hits on your home stadium floor. Yep. This week, we're talking about a play that very rarely happens in baseball. (laughs) On April 28th, 1991, the Phils actually pulled off the first triple play in Vet history. Wow. When Tony Gwynn, Padres Hall of Famer Tony Gwynn. There we go. Had a line shot that Randy Reddy snared. Randy Reddy, the ultimate utility guy. The ultimate utility guy. Snares the, the line drive, steps on second, and then although we could easily have tagged the runner, throws the first baseman Ricky Jordan for the third out. So he could Ricky have been, Jordan! It could have been an unassisted triple play. And if you remember correctly, one of the only unassisted triple plays the Phillies ever had, I believe, was Mickey Morandini. Mi- 
Mickey Morandini, one of my favorite Phils of all time. One of my favorite Phils names of oh, all time. Oh, Har- Harry Callis. Mickey Morandini. Was Amazing. Tremendous. It was Amazing. the best. April 28th, 1991. It's surprising because, you know, the vet having opened in the 70s to not see a triple play at all in the 70s or 80s. Yeah, you would you would think they would at least have gotten one in even, before even Ricky a, Jordan's at first base. Yeah, right, even a visiting <laughs> team maybe could have yeah. gotten But yeah, there you go, Tech. There's your vet fact. April 28th, 91. Uh, I was uh, eight years old. Wow. Uh, all right, well, let's let's move to the birds real quick. They signed another linebacker, Prem. Uh, Kazir White. Had a breakout season with the Chargers he did. last year. He did. This is a pretty good signing by all metrics. They now have a, a new starting linebacking core. They do, and he's a hybrid type of guy because he played safety in college. Yeah. And it's a low-risk deal. Yeah, because he is actually better when he drops back in coverage, yeah. which is great. We need because that. Because now you got the one linebacker on the one side that's really kind of like a guy who's going to move around in Redick. Exactly. He's going to be used as, 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 a, as a pass rusher. Pretty much exclusively. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to have Kazir White to drop back in coverage. Chargers fans were upset. Well, they over should be. This. And now you still got TJ Edwards out there in the middle. Yeah. Well, listen, I like TJ Edwards. So I think right now, quietly, the, the Eagles have a much improved linebacker core. <laughs> All these years, All these the years. fans have been yelling about the linebackers, and, and they finally went out and got a new linebacker. You know core. what these moves tell me, Tech? These moves tell me that in the first round of the draft, because they're we, not drafting a linebacker. Well, that number <laughs> one, about the Kobe Dean. Number one, that, and also they'll never draft a safety in the first round. No, it's not going to happen. You're going to see a wide receiver off the board with one of these picks. You think so? Absolutely. All right. That, now, I, that I, makes I sense. A couple weeks ago, I, do, I wouldn't want that, but now you know what? I have no problem. with I it. think that's. I think you're right. I I think it's just. I go in, corner, wide receiver, and then you either trade the third one or you take a lineman steal. Right. Any offense or defensive line. It's steal. organizational nature. That's what it is. This organization looks at wide receivers in the first round with certain eyes. They do. And that they, they can't do. help that. Yeah. That's just the way they, they operate. Or maybe you take two ones, you package them, you try to get DK Metcalf. Well, that. Now now you're talking. Two ones and a player would probably do that it. That would be tremendous. That would probably do it, I would think. I, I, for the Seahawks see, rebuilding. They probably wouldn't do it. I would do it. No, you, what you do is, if you're going to do that, you take a cornerback with your highest first round pick. You keep that. Take a corner, <laughs> right? And then yeah. you trade your other two picks for DK Metcalf. I would try to trade up and get uh, Sauce Gardner. Well, of course. I want I want sauce. The sauce needs to be in the city. You know That's how many great t-shirts outside uh, the stadium you'd be? It would be tremendous. Like sauce if you had sauce across from Slay. Sauce and Slay? Are you kidding me? That would be tremendous. It sure would. That's what they yeah, need. A guy like that, I mean, you're right. You're right. I, I would trade two of those first if it meant moving up, getting a player, and to pick him. I would do it. Yeah. I would do it. Yeah, no question. They inexplicably re-signed Derek Barnett. To, uh, I know. Basically I know. a one-year, $5.5 million deal. Uh, so you wouldn't have brought back Derek Barnett? Nah, probably not. I think there's younger options that maybe you could have a higher ceiling with for lower lower money, less money. Now, he is going to be a third or fourth end. Which is just so alarming that he was a first-round pick. <laughs> well, he obviously didn't pan out. He I mean, obviously knows that he's not a starter. It, right. Now he's even more alarming. He was part of the, the miracle in the Super Bowl in, in that final defensive play. Right. He, was, he played his part in that well, play. Well, I mean, he, he grabbed the most fortuitous football bounce in Eagles history. <laughs> yeah, and he did it with ease. Because that ball could have bounced anyway. It bounced right anyway, in One hop right, like a, like a bounce. Basketball. It bounced right to him. It was beautiful. Yeah, it was divine intervention. Yes. I think we know that at this point. <laughs> yeah, lightning in a box. It was divine intervention. Uh, Nick Sirianni, he spoke to the media and talked about how much he loves Derek Barnett. Oh, let, yeah. Let, let, let's, let's hear it. Derek Barnett is everything that embodies what we want 
in, a, in the characteristics of a player. He's tough. He's competitive. He's got high football IQ. He's got high character. He loves football. I, and I love Derek Barnett. All right, I love the type of player he that that and the type of person that he is. High football IQ, Brim. That's what he said. High football. The guy who, who put us in costly situations with stupid penalties has a high football IQ. Okay, let me. Ask he you, loves them. Let me ask you one thing. What is your head coach supposed to be besides a teacher? Your biggest cheerleader. As well. I get okay? it. He is trying to speak into existence what he wants Derek Barnett to become. <laughs> or, <laughs> yeah, it must be that. At the same time, though, Derek Barnett does have a high motor. A lot of the stuff that Nick was saying there is absolutely true. Yeah, okay. But it doesn't always translate to performance. Just no, because, just because it it's certainly true. doesn't. He has not lived up to what he was drafted to be. It was a little bit of coach speak and a little bit of uh, motivational Coach speak. <laughs> Wishful thinking. Maybe. But again, <laughs> he's going to be your, your third end. Or fourth. There you go. This is a guy that was a first-round pick. Yeah. Four drafts ago. I know. Right? Four drafts? Yeah. Or so? Wasn't it? Yeah. The year we won the 17, Super Bowl. 17, yeah. There you it go. It was his rookie year. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, Howie <laughs> Roseman, the spin doctor, then did a press conference spin doctor. where he tried to explain how last season's mid-year extensions counted for this offseason. I'm a Howie guy. I don't care. Like, <laughs> I know I've been critical here and there, no, Howie. I, me too. But I'll and be I, honest. We got one of the best GMs in the game. I, you know what? I agree with you. We just do. I I, I don't disagree. All right, good. And I, I made that case at the end of last year where I said, you know, for for everything the guy has been through, he drafted well the last couple of years. Yeah, he did. And, he did. you know, he's... he's Minus Rager. <laughs> the Carson Wentz trade alone... Masterful. Was masterful. Masterful. It's almost like he had, like... A sorcerer's crystal crystal ball in, <laughs> yeah, in that exactly. office up there. Exactly. Watch Carson come out and go like fifteen and two at Washington. Oh, that would be dreadful. Can you imagine? I can't. Because Ron imagine. Rivera, if anybody could turn a ship around, maybe it's Ron Rivera. It's Riverboat Ron. Yeah. Well, that is. <laughs> <laughs> I always like Ron Rivera. Me too, man. And it's hard a, to root And he's a that cancer man. survivor. The guy's a fighter. Right. He was on you Andy Reid's staff. You want a guy like that coaching your team? He's from the Reed Tree, exactly. He's from the Reed. Exactly. Tree. He. I, I think with a guy like Carson, he knows he doesn't have to be a pass first team. Right. He's going to play it like the old Carolina teams he used to coach. He's actually got some weapons. In exactly. Too, he, I mean, McLaren is probably excited because <laughs> yeah. Carson is still an upgrade from anybody that's ever thrown him an NFL pass. Yes. You know what I mean? You're, even, you're right about that. Even though it's Carson, we know that he's not the elite blue chip guy we thought he was. No. He's still an above average quarterback. That is true. I mean, yes. Heineke and Fitzpatrick are just average quarterbacks. Yeah, even though, you know, Fitzmagic is still a man. But uh, injuries cost him and set him back. But yeah, he's a he's a, a backup, really. Absolutely. And, you know. Uh, all right. So apparently, Jalen Hurts is working privately with renowned quarterback guru Tom House <sighs> to improve as a thrower. Will this transform Hurts into a franchise quarterback? I don't know why. I just when you said that, I like had flashbacks to when Ben was working with his own shooting guy. <laughs> Remember that? No, yes. no. Look, Jalen Hurts is a character guy. Ben Simmons is a clown. So big difference. But I think, hey, look, if it helps, it helps. Who has Tom House worked with? I, Tech. I, well, I think he's a former pitcher, so he's like okay. an expert thrower. He, supposedly, he's worked with. The who's who. I mean, he's worked with a lot. It doesn't of really make a difference to me either way. 
Because yeah, Jalen Hurts is such a hardworking guy, and you can tell he wants more than anything to win. He and wants to be good. That he's gonna he's gonna do what he has to do. And look, that's true. His ceiling is still gonna be a ceiling regardless. But anybody yeah. who says they know what that is so far is just talking out of their uh, rear end. It, I agree with that. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. Guys, in his, he's going to go into his second year as a starter, because and he already had a better second year as a pro than McNabb. Vic. And I don't want to compare him to McNabb, right? But here's the deal, because McNabb was a first overall pick. True. So The bar was high. Yeah, the bar was high. But McNabb, his very first year... He came in, played the end of the year. Doug Peterson started, right? Right. Doug played like P four started. games at the end of the right. year. Just like, just, just like it's a perfect Hurts. mirror to Hurts. Right. Second year. Made the playoffs. Made the playoffs, were eliminated yeah. early. Just no, like they won Hurts. a playoff game, I think, though. In the first year? I they, thought they won in the second they, year. They won one in the first year. With and his lost second in a, full year They start. lost in a divisional round to the Giants. Ah. I, forget, I think they beat Tampa Bay. Well... His first time in the playoffs. Hertz could win the division this year, just like Donovan did in his second full year as a starter. Right, I agree. I totally that agree. That could happen. I mean, you know, Dallas is obviously still your biggest competition. And if look, if Dak is just close to elite Dak with their defense being the way it is, Cowboys probably win the division again. But you yeah. can still make a wild card. I, I actually do think they make the play. I mean, look, unless they take a step back. I, no, I think ten, I think ten and seven is my number for the birds this year, and I think it's a realistic figure. I, I think to see who they draft. I, I don't care see what the roster is going to look right like. now. I would say ten and seven as is. Really? Yeah. All right. Because you're coming back with a team that's off of a playoff experience. I'm I'm hoping that uh, you're right. About they're going to be improved by one game. I think that's realistic to say when you add a guy like Reddick, Kaiser White, like we talked about. Yeah, you know you're adding guys on defense at a major part of your team that has been lacking since Jeremiah Trotter was lacking. Here. Yes, they, I I still think you got to draft Fletcher Cox replacement. I think yeah, you, you do, do that you this do. year. I, I not think next. yeah, taking a defensive tackle in the first round, I wouldn't be mad at that. Either. I wouldn't be mad at that. I don't know if you'll, Jordan Davis will be there. 16 or whatever right, it is. They might right. have to move up with both those picks. We'll ask Frank what he thinks about the draft. Yeah, we will. All right, we hit the vet line. Oh, by the way, real quick, a great bit of news. The Kelly Green jerseys will be back in 2023. Makes me really happy inside. Isn't that something? You know why? Because they got their prominent fame at the vet. At the vet! 1981. We're relevant again! 81 NFC Championship. Wilbur Montgomery runs all over the Cowboys. Yes! To hoist the first NFC title trophy in Eagles history. Exactly. The vet shall be relevant again. Absolutely. That's what we're here for. All right. We hit the vet line with Frank Close from 97.3 ESPN. Next. Pro line music. Pro line music. Located at 490 Lincoln Highway in Fairless Hills, PA. Pro line music. Everything for the musician. Carrying all major brands. You find a better price, we'll beat it. Offering lessons in person or virtual. On-site repair service center. Rentals. Recording studio. Pro line music. Call 215-736-8055. One more time. 215-736-8055. Yes, sir. Pro-Line Music. Pro-Line Music. Pro-Line Music. Everything for the musician. Vet Alumni. And now, it's the Vet Line. Why don't you answer your phone? Joined now on the Vet Line by Frank Close, Phillies reporter for 97.3 ESPN in South Jersey, and also co-host of Powder Blue Phils with Jeff Mosher Tech. There we go. Frank, back on the show for the second time. Thanks for joining us. Hey, great to be back. Definitely. A lot to talk about. And oh, yeah. uh, I'm going to dive right into baseball because I'm most excited yep. about baseball. So with the Phils, I think the offense has the opportunity to be an elite offense. And I contend that if the pitching is just average, slightly maybe above average starting pitching wise, 
that you have a shot at the NLCS. What would you say to that, and um, what do you think they could be? Well, you know, their starting staff, if they're all there, is pretty good. I mean, they're not the best around, but they can hang with anybody. But there's still some question marks there. You know, Zach Eflin, he looks really good so far. He's sort of the bright spot because you thought maybe he might be out till May. You might get something out of him a little sooner. So that's, that's pretty good. But meanwhile, Ranger Suarez really needs to get some action in spring training to show that his his layover in Colombia, where he was stuck there trying to get his visa approved, mm. uh, isn't setting him back. And then Zach mm. Wheeler, he still hasn't thrown. He's he's probably not ready for opening day. I they, they've kind of said, well, maybe he'll be able to pitch the first week. But it sounds like they need, if not one, two fill-in starters, at least to get this season off the ground. Uh, so so that worries me a little bit, but I did notice uh, Fox Sports just released a ranking of top 10 rotations, and the Phillies were in the top 10. Wow. They were number 10. Wow. Uh, but that said, they, they all need to be there in pitching. Uh, and then, of course, uh, there's a trickle-down effect because I like Bailey Falter as sort of one of the last guys in the bullpen, uh, but the bullpen's down a few arms already. You know, it looks like with some minor issues, we uh, – just today, we learned Connor Brogdon, Jose Alvarado are, are a little banged up. They might not be ready for opening day. And we heard before, Sam Coonrod isn't available either. Now, those are probably not the top four arms in the Phillies bullpen that you're looking for. But without falter there, too, that all of a sudden, then some of these guys in on minor league deals, you're going to have to make your roster right. uh, and just kind of fill up space. And while falter and maybe even Christopher Sanchez uh, is trying to hold down the rotation for a little bit. So, I mean, you know, certainly the, the big story this offseason were the bats, uh, but they need those starters to, to be healthy. And, you know, I, it's, it's easier said than done adding starting pitching depth if you're the Phillies. But True. I really could have used one more starter to be yeah. around just in case, even if he has to go pitch in the bullpen for a while. Right, yeah, I completely agree with yeah, that. Me I mean, they they erred on the side of adding bats, obviously, as yep. we know with Castellanos and Schwarber. They're trying to out-hit their mistakes this year. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah, true, and it's possible if some of the young guys maybe overachieve a bit, which I mentioned earlier on the show, Tech. Uh, one of those guys would be Bryson Stott. Frank, where would you place a percentage on Bryson Stott being able to open the season on the roster? Yeah, I think I think it's pretty clear he's going to be on the roster uh, unless some major develop happen, development happens in the next week. I mean, you know, it's it's on one hand it feels early in spring training, but it's also late. Exactly. <laughs> you know, this, is yeah, like, yeah. this is a shortened spring training, and there's not a lot of time to prove yourself. And uh, you know, I think one thing that makes it more likely that Stott will be on the roster is with the two extra bats that you're adding. There's now more of an emphasis on having defense in the field. Mm-hmm. And certainly Stott is a big improvement over having Alec Bohm in your, in your field. And so that's, so that's one reason why. And, and of course, Alec Bohm still continues to struggle at the plate. Um, I, I look at his head when he swings, it's all over the place. He used yeah. to be able to keep his head down and sw- and make contact with anything. So he, he's, <laughs> he, he, he needs work. And I think if he's not hitting, you definitely can't take his poor defense, especially when you have you know, some combination of Kyle Schwarber or, or Nick Castellanos in left and Reese Hoskins at first. And if I, you know, the Phillies have a 
uh, healthy Didi Gregorius, who actually looks pretty good so far. I know. I think a lot of people wrote him off, and I didn't think it was fair to do so yet because he had his elbow, uh, you know, issues, pseudo gout or whatever it was. I think he likes to say it was something else, but he had that cleaned out. Um, no buildup of anything in his elbow. And when you have full range of your elbow, <laughs> you're a lot better off than somebody who's yeah. in constant pain in such a key part of the body at the shortstop position. So oh, yeah. if Didi's back and playing good defense and Bryson Stott is able to hold down third base and play decent defense, then you feel a whole lot better about your defense. And you're just kind of worried about left field and first base. And you know what? If, if it's a tight game and you're trying to protect the lead, you can throw your spare outfielder in left and, and Johan Camargo at first base at uh, the later innings if you really, really need to. So you're way less worried about the defense. That's supposed to be the other Achilles heel in this Phillies team. Uh, and for that reason, I think Stott needs to come north with this team. Here's your opportunity to do so. And the pressure's off. If Stott comes and joins the Phillies, he's probably batting eighth while right. Matt Burling bats ninth. Right. You know, so there's not a lot of pressure down that far in the lineup. Uh, but still, with all the guys getting on in front of him, we'll have some opportunities to to drive some runs in and maybe see some pitches to hit. So uh, I, I think it's setting up that it's a really good idea that Stott is on this roster. I think yesterday's trade of Adam Hastily to clear up a roster spot mm-hmm. could be an yeah. indication they want to do that sooner than later. And uh, I, I think things are lining up that, that Bryson Stott opens the season with the Phillies. Nice. I sure hope so. Yeah, me too. Let's switch over to the Sixers for a second, oh, Frank. Uh, it's getting more and more likely that Jokic will win his second consecutive MVP award. Is Embiid being robbed of this? <laughs> <laughs> and, is know, it, and is it because of the Philadelphia stereotype? Mm. I wonder if it's his, his sense of humor. <laughs> you know, he's got that, <laughs> he's got that very unique sense of humor. I don't I don't know if that rubs uh, people everywhere the same way that that, that it does uh, Sixers fans in Philadelphia. You know, I mean, th- these awards are, are subjective to people's votes. And so, you know, I, th- I think that and, and past injuries and stuff like that, they may give they may uh, they may keep people away. Although I certainly think for everything that that he helped overcome in the early going with this Ben Simmons nonsense going on for so long, uh, he deserves a lot of credit for that. I mean. You know, the, what, what is the award supposed to be, your most valuable player? Well, it's it's more than just putting up numbers. Uh, and I think that that whole situation could have really, really, really gone bad for the Sixers. And certainly the, you know, the trade for Harden sort of reversed the uh, unease among, among fans. Uh, but to get to that point, uh, he had a big part of that. Yeah, very true. I agree. Uh, all right, let's jump around to the birds, Frank. Uh, do you feel they've done enough this offseason, and do you trust this organization to hit on the right draft picks this year? Hopefully, with so many picks, they, they can't screw it up, <laughs> right? Yeah. You would think you know, so. I, you would think this- that. This is, you know, this is a this is a GM's dream, right? To have all these these high picks. I, you know, I feel like they need so much. They need to hit on multiple picks right away. You know, I think I think if I take a step back, I think they had two options heading into the off season. You either look for a quarterback and dump everything you have into that, meaning draft picks. And then only you have a quarterback and nothing around him. Or you try to roll with Jalen Hurts, uh, who who seems to be pretty well liked by his teammates. And, you know, it, I don't think he's terrible. I mean, could you up, could you improve? Sure. Uh, 
but I think this this draft is going to be key to filling the pieces around him. So um, hopefully, with with <laughs> with so many options uh, that they've they've strategically stashed, hopefully they can do that a little bit better. I think that I think that will be what 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 is the uh, tell for this this story of this, this off season uh, come the end of April, when they finally get to call some names and, 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 you know, uh, the, the one, one part about picking all over uh, that, that, that round, I'm sure there's some players they liked it that are not going to get, yeah. you, know, you have to take the best pick in the best spot. You just have to hope that some of the um, best picks available when they're, when their uh, numbers called uh, include some, include some that can actually help the team this year. Yeah, that's yeah. that's been the big issue in some of these drafts. Uh, recent drafts actually have been a bit better. You even got guys like Jordan Mailata you stole, yep. who's going to be a, a offensive lineman of the future. Um, Same with Landon Dickerson. Landon Dickerson as well, yeah. So regarding that first round, Frank, we have three first-round picks. What positions would you place a, uh, a, a most of a need on at this point after they've gotten a couple linebackers and, uh, you know, obviously have addressed a few other things? But where would you like to see the picks made position-wise early on? You know, I, I'm still a firm believer you draft the best guy on the board when it comes up. So I think I think they're going to have to be a little bit creative here. You know, it'll be – I think a lot of it will be right time, right situation. I think it'll be – you know, like like every year, every year, you know, watching the draft, I'm always surprised. You know, we're all surprised by a trade, you know, that just pops up. Yeah. I, I think I think you can see some moves here, them kind of moving up and down with the picks a little bit. You know, maybe not significantly, but maybe they work out some deals with with other teams to try to jump up a spot or two here or there, or even jump down when they feel like uh, they might be able to get what they what they want a little bit further. So. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I say get the talent and then, then work out the rest later, uh, best you can. But then yeah, again, I, I like, like that approach. Know, I like that. A lot I of it. So. A lot of it is. A lot of it, though, is the strategy of the draft night and, and kind of getting a sense for. Now I know the guys that are picking ahead of you aren't going to tell you what they plan to pick per se, <laughs> but but you right, know they're, right. they're, they're, they've been pretty good at, at kind of saying, well, hey, here's here's where we we're at. And if that if the other team you're talking to has other plans, well, then maybe they're they're comfortable making a deal with you. And and I guess that's that's one advantage to being a GM for so long. They're, I'm sure they've got a level of trust with the other GMs. You know, Roseman can can call them, and if you screw the guy once, well, then you know you're right, done, right? right so right. Uh, yep. it's, it seems like he's he's got that trust. And then if if you're honest about who you hope to pick, and then. Uh, you you call somebody up and they say, oh, no, 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 that's my guy, and then you then then you could back off and say, okay, I understand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, who knows you know? what's going on in those war rooms there? Yeah, yeah. But I think it's I think that I think uh, every once in a while we get floored. What what God, what year was that? I remember I was down at like uh, a Phillies game just watching in McFadden's, and they they made that trade with the, what year was that? It's bugging me now with with, with Dallas and just threw you know, threw everybody for, off for but, Demarco uh, Murray. Yeah, is that was that the was that uh, the year? Demar- Demarco Murray when they <laughs> yeah, traded yeah, yeah, for yeah, him. Uh, yeah, after he won the rushing title, and then yes. and then they, they think that it's a good idea to just give him a shotgun handles all year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely horrendous. Oh, Chip well. Kelly, Chip Kelly. Yeah, well, that that well that was yeah that was not Roseman. I, 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 maybe I'm thinking a little bit further than that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah obviously, Chip 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 Kelly uh, set set the org back a while, uh, but you know. Uh, Roseman, Ro- Roseman, I think, is is shrewd like that. So I, I see him to to go in with an open mind. I still say you get the best guy when you can, but then you yeah. see use your use your many many years experience that that few other GMs have in this league, 
to to try to make some trades and move up to, to to get your guy when you need him. Yeah, I believe in Howie. I do. I know there's been a lot of up and down with Howie for obvious reasons, but I believe in him now. The, I do too. The guy that he's trying to help out, one Jalen Hurts. Yeah. I believe he's going to take a step forward this year. Frank, where are you with Hertz? Uh, forward or backwards? Is he the guy for you? Could he be the guy for you? I don't. I don't dislike him. I mean, I, I, I think I think it's important for for fans not to think of just the first impression of this past season, right? You know, I've never. I don't remember in I don't know all my years having a season feel like it was such a lost cause in the beginning. And then the Eagles, yeah. you know, make up for it. Right, <laughs> you right. Know? They did. Um, and so, I mean, a lot of that is, is him getting used to it. A lot of it was the new head coach getting used to him. And, uh, he, you know, I, I would hate to see the Eagles maybe not try to build on that and give up so soon. I mean, I, I really thought that going broke for, for a bigger name quarterback would have been a devastating thing to do because then you've Agreed. emptied out your, your draft pick. So. Yep. You know, so so the way that the way that he recovered, you know, I think there's there's I think the, I think it's worth trying to um, trying to see what you could do, build around him, work to his strengths. You know, you're inheriting a roster. You know, when the new guy takes over, always right. So that's true of any quarterback. So yeah, know, yeah, right. Hopefully, you can put him in a position where he's well complemented for his strengths and and his shortcomings. You, you can work on those as well. Absolutely. I think Hertz uh, has a pretty high ceiling, maybe more so than some people, but that's just me. Yeah. Uh, for our listeners, we've been on the line with Frank Close of 97.3 ESPN in South Jersey. Frank, before we let you go, Phillies looking to near crystal ball. How many wins this season? Oh. Let's see. This is, see, this is always the hard one. I because know, I know, I know. <laughs> I, think, I think if the Phillies are... Within shooting distance, they will make additions at the trade deadline. Yes. I think I, I, you know, I, I so, um, as currently constituted, I, I would say, I, I think eighty-eight is my number. Whoa. Now, okay. I mean, that's a, but Tech, you're getting excited. That's not a that's not a crazy number. Tech. Well, it's it is not, for the Phillies, and that, I think that's enough to sneak into the wild card. But I say as constituted. Obviously, if the Zach Wheeler thing ends up being some major injury, then we got to talk again. Right, yeah. um, right, right. But at right. the same time, you know, the Phillies could uh, pick somebody up at the trade deadline that adds a win or two. You know, so yeah. I, you know, I think, I think, uh, I think they're going to win a lot of nine seven games, and I think it'll be more than they lose. Uh, I feel a lot better about the Phillies' defense with Bryson Stott there. Yeah. As I was saying before, I yeah. think that's a big help because. You know, you don't want to give away three outs a game with the defensive miscues because then you'll just tax your pitching uh, and go from there. But, I, I, you know, I can see this this team having enough offense that they can get on some rolls and some nice winning streaks. So, um, yeah, two games over 500 is, is not going to happen this time. I, I definitely think they're improved. And even though the uh, division competition is improved, I, I think they'll beat up on each other at times. So, I, I, I you know... I, I, Getting and even getting rid of the uh, pitcher hitting, you know. Yes, a lot, yeah, of the Phillies, a lot of the Phillies, a lot of the Phillies' 
opportunities last year were killed by, mm-hmm. you know, a backup catcher pinch yep. hitting in the ninth <laughs> against the closer <laughs> uh, after you already burned your utility infielder to uh, pinch hit yep. two innings prior. You don't have to worry about that anymore. No. And so your bench is going to be basically to to be mainly like the, <laughs> I assume Ronald Torres is going to make this team again. But, yeah, he yeah, should. He's, be, he's a gamer. Should. He's a gamer, yeah. Torres. Instead of being your pinch hitter, he can be your defensive sub that plays wherever. Right. And that's going to make a difference, I think, uh, for a team like this. And he doesn't have to hit unless, you know, they've already um, put up the nine-run lead and uh, put some subs in. So, so yeah. I mean, this is this is uh, this is going to be a really really good good offense. They're going to score. You know, they averaged. I think they were fifth in the in the NL in runs scored per game yeah, in like twenty twenty. I think they can do. You know, with the last time they had a DH, I think they can even be a little bit better than that. So, um, I'm I, you know I'm I'm, I'm thinking this will be a, a better year for the Phillies this year. But again, you know, and this is true of any team, you know. Uh, injuries really matter. And I think they maybe learned a lesson last year at the trade deadline when even when the Braves lost to Cunha, they just went and got more pieces and won them the World Series. So uh, there's some lessons to take away. And yeah. I think uh, I think it's help, helpful, too, that it seems like they've made the decision. They are going for it this year, period. You know, they, they blew past the, the luxury tax by, by adding the extra bat because the opportunity was there. Bryce Harper's in his prime. Zach Wheeler's in his prime. Aaron Nola's in his prime. Reese Hoskins, perhaps, is in his prime. Uh, and these two new guys they just had are in their prime. You don't waste that. You nope. you go for it. Yeah, so, it's time to, it's time to so do I, it. I, yeah. I, I think that if there's a shortcoming, they will find a way to add and say this is going to be our year. I agree with you, Frank, and I'm I'm right on the money. I think 90 wins, though. I think wow. they get to 90. Um, so we'll talk about that after it all transpires. In the meantime, make sure you check out Frank on 97.3 ESPN in South Jersey, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. We appreciate your time and your thoughts on three of the four Philly sports. Yeah, fans. yeah, sounds awesome. sounds good. It's time for Prem's picks. These games are a blowout, a human lot. You can bet your children's unborn children on these games. Prams NBA picks. Here we go. Where, what happened? We're Where back. are we at? We're back. We're back. Well, Tech, I went two for three last week, making me eight and seven there overall we through 15 picks. Above 500. Above 500 once again. I had the Suns beating the T-Wolves, which they did. The Suns were actually underdogs in that game. Yeah, uh, wow. Which is just crazy. But the T-Wolves are the highest scoring team in basketball. That could be why. Nevertheless, the Suns win. There's one for me. I obviously missed completely on the Trailblazers beating the Spurs. They got destroyed <laughs> in Portland by 37 points. Yes. That was wow. my uh, that was my only loss because the Celtics absolutely dismantled the Jazz in <laughs> yeah. Boston by 28 points. Boston could could mess around and win the East. They could certainly represent the East in the finals. I could <laughs> yes, see that could. happening because they've been probably the best team in the East since the break. Since the break, yeah. They have been. So this week, interesting week. However, I got some locks for you, Tech. Locks! The Knicks quietly have won four straight games, most recently knocking off the top-seeded, well, in the top-seed range, Bulls, 109-104 to 104 at the Garden. And it's an interesting matchup they have tonight, Tech. They are hosting the Hornets, who come in as three-point favorites. Yeah. I think the Knicks stay hot, and they beat the Hornets straight up. I'll take the Knicks at the Garden to stay hot, beating Charlotte. Lock. Lock. 
Next one's a fun one, and I'm only picking it because we were just talking about the top teams in the East and the Celtics being one of the best in the East since the break. Yep. They're hosting the Heat tonight at the Garden. They're five-point favorites. You know what, Tech? I say take the five points. Give me the Celtics to beat the Heat by five in Boston. I think they remain hot. The Heat are kind of like a fool's gold top seed to me. Yeah, and that's just kinda, a fraud one. A yep. fraud one. They kind of feel that way. The Celtics are a way better basketball team right now. Um, and yeah. I like the Celtics to cover the five points at Boston. That's a lock as well. Lock. <laughs> Lastly, Tech, I struggled with my last pick, but I'm taking one that is a controversial pick because the T-Wolves, again, I mentioned a second ago, top-scoring team in basketball. Which is hard to believe. They score 115 points a game which is doesn't seem like a crazy number, but still, that's the number one in all of basketball. They're going to Toronto to play a Raptors team that has won Ooh. four of their last five, beating Boston recently. Yeah. Obviously. Toronto, another good team. Beating the Sixers recently. Yep. T-Wolves come in, losers are three of four. Even though they're a high-scoring team and they're in the West, I like the Raptors in Toronto to cover the three points that they're favored, and that's a lock as well, Tech. Lock! So to recap, we got... The Knicks knocking off the Hornets at the Garden straight up to win. Lock. The Celtics covering five points against the Visiting Heat. Lock. And the Raptors covering three points against the top-scoring Visiting T-Wolves. Lock. This has been Prem's NBA Picks. See you next week. Vet alumni.